Welcome to Road to Blake Street Banter. We are joined by Tyler. Tyler, say hi. Howdy. James, what's up? Hey. Yep, he didn't listen, Tyler. He didn't listen. He did not. He, didn't he did not listen. Man, that feeling sick right now. Why? So last week we were, you know, sad that you weren't with us. And we were going to see if you listened to the pod. And I told you to say one thing. The very first thing out of your mouth was to say, fuck you, Aaron, as you, <laughs> if to show me that you listened. And you did it. So we know what James does when he's not here. He Early. builds hot tubs. Aretha to be fair, I just moved across the country. So, <laughs> so plenty of time in a car to listen to a podcast. To I be mean, fair. Yeah, it's a good point, depending on, you know, the timeline. I, I don't know the specifics here, so I'm just going to give you the give you the win. Yeah, because you didn't listen. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> you and all of the, everybody else aren't listening to us. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> all right. And I'm Aaron, hosting here. A uh, little in the weather, so you might hear it in my voice, but I am going to bring the fire right now. Player bios. Stephen Jones. What you know about Stephen Jones? <laughs> 21st round pick in 2019 out of Sanford. Didn't know Sanford had a baseball program, but Dewman is absolutely knocking it out. Um, 2 0 on the year in relief, 1.38 ERA in 11 games. Has a save to that with a 0.85 whip. I mean, if you've been listening, you know enough now that we love our arm barn guys. And Stephen Jones has been lights out for the Hartford Yard Goats. Like him, Puyon, uh, Pint all have. Oh, there's another one in there doing them disservice. There's, of course, Hollowell. That's the big. Gavin's been fantastic, too. But, like, these are, like, the four guys that Norfia has been leaning on. And Stephen Jones just comes in. He'll come in in the sixth. He'll come in in the tenth ninth. Like, he's he's an arm. He's an arm barn arm. And it's fantastic to see these 21st round, these late round picks get the call. So, your introduction is Stephen Jones. You're welcome. Where's Samford? I think it's in. Oh, let's all take guesses. Fun trivia. Connecticut. Mike will look at it. Mike will look it up. You say Connecticut. Going Pennsylvania. I was going to go Pennsylvania too. So I'm going to go Delaware. Holy shit. We are way off. (laughs) Alabama. Ah, I I wasn't going to get that one. Christian University in Alabama. That's wild. Well, let's turn it over to – we started with a, a late-round pick going with a pretty early one with my player bio, Will Etheridge. And I, I think he's someone that if you're a fan of the farm, you've you know gotten familiar with Etheridge. He's been in the system since 2019. He was a fifth-rounder from Ole Miss. 4.15 ERA and 32 minor league starts, which is, you know, good. It's not amazing, but it is good, and he's consistent – as can be this year in Spokane, he is a 2.73 ERA in his first five starts. So he's he's doing his consistent thing. I think he's probably going to get that Hartford call soon. But this this organization between Fresno and Hartford, there's just so many pitchers. So it's kind of hard to, you know, move up. You, you got to push someone out, basically. And that's that's tricky. So Will Etheridge, he's doing his thing. Uh, we'll see what happens with him next. Yeah, he's interesting. You know how the Spokane Indians had a doubleheader on Sunday? He pitched one of those. So he actually had a complete game 
<laughs> start this year. He had he pitched six innings in one of those games, um, allowed only one earned run and uh, six strikeouts with a one zero whip. So, I mean, complete games still count. Yay, nay, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it counts for this. Um, all right. So good news, James. Did you hear? Did you hear about this, Jamesy? What's that? The Rockies had two players of the week again in their minor league affiliates. Yeah, it seems to be a, a trend for the yes. affiliates. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, I think we're going to talk about one of them quite a bit just because his name's going to keep popping up. Yeah. But let's talk with uh, about Tony Losey first. He, he was actually one of the starts I watched uh, this week. Spokane was on TV. Let's go. And it he is a burly man animated man he is actually fun to watch on the mound his stuff his command is still a work in progress i think he leads the league up there and walks um but he pitched six straight innings uh of zero hit ball zero run uh but had six walks with 10 strikeouts along with it so take that how you want to me when i was watching it it was like first two three innings were very very shaky and then he found that groove where he was just piping fastballs and placing everything but it was a struggle the first two innings for him like i didn't even realize he had a a no hitter going when i was watching um but yeah tony losi he was a third fourth name in that nato trade so cool to see something come of that again right if you take just his walks and his strikeouts and assume that it was all 4-0 counts or 0-3 counts, <laughs> that's 54 pitches in six innings. You know, that's yeah. a lot of pitches in a game because obviously, you know, you're not going to assume that they're all straight strikeouts or walks. There's a lot of pitches in between. 54 pitches at least. That's wild. Yeah, I wonder what his pitch chunk was on that night. That's a very good point, James. Thanks for being here. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Okay, yeah. yeah, we uh, don't want to rain on the parade too much since it was, you know, an, a no hit start. He won player of the week, but yes, six walks. It's been the issue. Um, we'll see kind of how his, how his just big league or not big league, but pro future goes over these next, like this next year or two. Like, does he stick in the rotation? Kind of seems hard if you're walking, you know, as many guys as he is, but six no hit innings. Uh, who's the other guy? Who's the yeah. other player of the week? Uh, Goodman. Take a good look. You won't see it for long. Mr. Hunter Goodman. Not Drew. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like that. But dude just raked. If you read our newsletter, which you should, check out. We're not going to go through all the Goodman stats here because they're just kind of crazy. Um, but we will drop 13 runs batted in on the week. Like that's that's wild. One week, thirteen runs driven in. Yeah, and the Grizzlies scored thirty nine on the week. So, dude, man, drove in a third of the runs down in Vesalia this week. Just absolutely incredible week. Like it's unheard of. And Hunter Goodman, he was he's kind of you were big on Hunter, I think Tyler. Yeah, um, that catcher. Catcher draft, but it's probably going to be a first baseman. I think most of the games this week were him at first base. Yeah, it's kind of like you almost can't really call him just like a straight catcher at this point because the the odds – he's basically like Kyle Schwarber. I don't know how many games Kyle Schwarber – like when he got to the big leagues, I don't know if he really started any games behind the plate, but I, I don't see that in his future. But, hey, he has – he still has like the, you know, designation for now. 
Um, I have him yeah, as the second best catching prospect in the system because he has ridiculous power. And he's showing it like he's, I think he'll, he'll get called up soon. The whole catching situation, but we'll see how that plays out. Uh, let's get into the, but the affiliates, quick rundown of each affiliate. Uh, yeah, Albuquerque isotopes. They went um, three, three this week. This kind of seems their MO as of late, very up and down roller coaster rides for the topes uh, 16 and 20 overall. Some good things, I guess. Montero's hot. The bullpen guys, people to watch out for, are kind of figuring out where they belong. Are we concerned about Julian Fernandez whatsoever? I'm a bit. I saw him live, I think it was Thursday. And, you know, he's doing his thing, throwing 97, 98, 99. But you just have no idea where the ball is going to go. and you're just not going to make it very far like that. You know, you throw hard, but you have to throw strikes. Uh, and also his fastball, I think we've seen it now the last couple of years, even though he has like this great stuff, you don't see it in really in the strikeout numbers. It's a lot of like weak contact, which when guys throw really hard, you're actually not going to give up as much weak contact. It's going to be a lot of hard contact because, you know, your pitch is doing a lot of the work. So I'm, I'm a little worried about where he's at just from a command perspective. Um, but the other guys, the other guys are promising. <laughs> who who are those guys? What do you got? Well, I think this is something that'll have to. You guys are going to have to do this in you know a regular BSB pod, uh, just talking about you know the potential bullpen shuffle. But Chad Smith, the Albuquerque closer, and Jake Bird have both been really really good. You know, striking out at least a batter per inning. Uh, ERAs in the low twos. WHIP just about one. Like, both guys are doing really, really well, been really consistent all year. Two guys to look out for at, at the big league level. Yeah, that's Chad Smith. I'm looking at his numbers right now. He has allowed zero runs in the month of May. That's five appearances. Uh, if you take it back to his last outing in April, the last six, seven innings, he has allowed, not allowed one run whatsoever uh, with tw- nine strikeouts in those in those six games. So something's there. I don't, the bullpen, the arm barn in up in the majors, it came back to life, right? It came back to, <laughs> it regressed back to the mean, uh, as James always loves to say, the law of averages. He loves that phrase. Uh, so there's gotta be something to be done. The bullpen, the catching situation, maybe we can dive into that at the end of this, but there are some arms to maybe call up, look at, in the Albuquerque level uh, to just bring up and see what happens. Where's Ryan Rollinson? Is he coming back to save us in any way? <laughs> I, I forget what his D de- I think it was a shoulder injury and it just sounded like it was going to take some time. It, it almost makes me feel like this is a lost year for him. Like if he does come back, you know, mid season, he's probably going to stick at triple a just to kind of get his arm strength back. Right. So, it's just hard to imagine us seeing him this year at the big league level, which we almost saw him. And I think we almost saw him in 2020 at the big league level. Like there were rumors that he was going to get a spot start and that didn't happen. And then 2021 happens. So it's been a long time coming, but I think we're going to have to keep waiting. Yeah. 60 day IL to start the season, April 4th. So just 
dude can't get right. Um, it sucks. Um, all right, let's go up one level. Let's go up to Hartford. Just fun games in Hartford. Not a lot like to talk about. Like the arm barn was still good. Uh, starting pitching, two or three good starts. Nick Bush continues to do great things with his stuff. Um, but something that was fun and unique was a butt off. 11th inning, zombie runner on second. Um, and then who was it? Jimmy Heron bunts, tries to bunt him over to third, gets it laid down, nice bunt. And then the pitcher, I believe, tried to field it, throws it to first. Second <laughs> baseman isn't there yet. And the ball gets by. Got zombie runner on second, comes all the way, way around to score first uh, to get the run. And they do it walk off. And Tovar had nothing to do with it. So that was a little weird. <laughs> but a bunt off that's never been seen before, I imagine, out in Hartford. Uh, Tolia. Only struck, he averaged, I looked it up, only struck out once per game, like on <laughs> average. So six strikeouts in the six games. And his walk, his walk total went up a little bit too. So that is something to be said, something to watch out for. Tovar had his first bad week under sub one batting average. Uh, still had a homer, I think, but that was it. Yeah. I think he had two hits, one being a dinger. So just things to watch for. Doyle's coming around. Shunky, Shunky had a fantastic week. He had seven RBIs this week. So those, some of those top prospects that have been struggling or something to look out for, Doyle and Shunky, are coming around. James, do you think they'll hold on to those? Do you think they will continue to mash? Uh, well, obviously you hope so. What did Stovall do this week? He had a lot of good defensive plays. Uh, he played shortstop the other day, yeah, was which cool. was weird. <laughs> had a great pick. Uh, Stovall struggles a little bit, struggled a little bit. Uh, 200 batting average-ish, uh, but did have three RBIs. One was a nice double that drove in two. Um, but, yeah, that was really all he was doing at the plate. Well, all of the affiliates are, are fun to watch, um, I think, more so than other organizations. But – Hartford is probably the funnest team to watch right now because of all the walk-offs and um, heroics that have been happening, obviously, on a weekly basis. So um, Hartford's kind of where it's at right now. I enjoy watching the Yard Goats games. And, again, just the arm bars. And a lot of our friends of the Potter on that team, too. So that always makes it up a little bit. Uh, Go ahead. They're just, yeah, loaded with prospect talent. So, like – you know, Shank and Doyle, those guys have kind of been slow, but like if they're if they're hot, that team is just so stacked. Like so much pitching. You've got some really talented bats that just haven't really clicked. But if they do, like that team is is awesome. Yeah. But it, yeah, you could go one through nine just doing cool things and one through five in the starting rotation. Be cool. Uh Spokane, again, weird weather week. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I feel for them in so many ways. Rain out, got rained on during games, got postponed, delayed, had to do two doubleheaders. But uh, Losi, we kind of already talked about Losi and Will Etheridge. There really wasn't a lot happening with the bats up there. Drew Romo had a nice week, but we're going to talk about him later. Uh, just not a lot have happening in uh, Hillsboro. That's where Spokane played this week. I do kind of like the Hillsboro Hops jerseys. It's I hate that cool, the Diamondbacks. Like, yeah, me but, too. It's such a cool brand, though, and it'd be so perfect for the Coors team to have the hops, like, as their minor league affiliate. Oh. Like, it'd be perfect. But 
And so we have to kind of like love and hate them at the same time. <laughs> that would have been a great thing to do when they started revamping all these. Like, all right, the affiliates have to like trickle down. So like, you know, like you see the word hops and you go, okay, that's the Rockies affiliate. Because yeah. you have to look up who the hops are affiliated with, the Diamondbacks. But like if they could be, I don't know, like a lizard or rattlesnakes or something, something like an off no no okay yeah no i i I do agree just kind of keeping the theme alive throughout the system and we're lucky with you know fresno that we're about to talk about how they're doing some like rockies homage stuff even though you know they're the grizzlies they're not you know directly related to anything rockies but they're still doing some cool stuff um but it'd be awesome if like all minor league affiliates were like thematically the same as their big league club that would be kind of fun I think that's that'd be a lot more possible when teams don't when affiliates don't change right right you know every five years or so um affiliates kind of rotate in and out and it's kind of weird because when i grew up you know it was the sky Sox that was the triple a affiliate of the rockies and now the sky Sox, I, I don't even know what they're doing i think they're like a single a club or i think they're in the pioneer league yeah yeah they dropped out of affiliation completely and they were a triple a the brewers after the rockies so like that stuff needs to be a little bit more consistent and then that would be really sweet to do the trickle down approach that you guys are talking about would be fun maybe that can be a mock-up this summer we can just figure that out uh yeah and don't even get me started on the grand junction rockies who still are <laughs> a thing but still are the ju- rockies and they have everything that the rockies are um fresno fresno grizzlies um fun things right 23 and 7 against the rawhide the last two seasons so they just absolutely dominate the basalia ride um rawhide only have eight wins this season <laughs> just for the record um goodman player of the week four multi-hit games this series uh huge uh, i thought this was a fun little tidbit three hitters in the top 10 uh of batting average in the california league which is nuts and Braden Ward is leading the charge by 0.43 points higher than second place. Absolutely incredible. Uh, I mean, batting average, you take it how you want. You can live and die by it, or you can just think it's nothing, but I'm still old school in that way. Like batting average still does hold some weight. So having that kind of stuff happening in the uh, low A affiliate is pretty cool. Well, it's not like he's not hitting for power either. I mean, he's, he's hitting some dingers and, He's getting leg doubles. I mean, he's kind of the, you know, excuse the comparison because I know it's not even close, but he's he's the low A version of Trey Turner right now. It plays. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it works. Just gritty, grinding, and will do whatever he needs to in the box, and he can go yard, he can stay in. It's like, I, I like that comparison. No, it, it kind of fits. I, I don't think anyone saw this coming from Braden Ward like, you know, fourth outfielder maybe, but instead he's been, you know, not quite the best hitter on the team just because you, you've got warming Bernabel and Adel Amador hanging around, but Ward has, like, done his thing. It's it's really cool to see. Uh, but speaking of those those guys I just mentioned, like, that lineup is really stacked too. Kind of like, as I mentioned with Hartford, you know, they got some guys that are, you know, taking it slow to start the year, but the Fresno lineup is, like, one through eight. Like they usually every night have like eight really good hitters in that lineup. Sometimes nine, you know, sometimes seven when they want to get some other guys, ABs, but it's a really fun team. Steven Rice, 
you you're you're a lucky guy <laughs> yeah seriously all those people down there at fresno get to watch some yeah. good talent yeah Braden war is definitely taking advantage of the benny montgomery injured injury oh yeah he's playing a lot there yeah we haven't been able to talk about benny because he's been on the il since end of april all right that was your recap of the of the affiliates again the newsletter has dropped it's out there go check the twitter Go check our review. We'll have it posted on the link in the description here. But just adding, looking at a little bit more stats, more of the top 30 prospects, our guys looking at all, all across the affiliates uh, with some highlights from the Twitter here and stuff. So pretty cool stuff going on. All right. So we love the fact that we got called out and we love the fact that people are listening. Um, and the fact that it was by this guy is incredible. So we are going to do a a segment on drew romo drew romo did not call us out but just <laughs> the would. fact that we were called out by whatever we'll leave it at that but which is good hold us accountable I, I don't know how i missed it again last week was our two-week hiatus we all had a bunch of stuff going on but let's highlight drew romo a little bit tovar is getting all the talk we weren't that's probably the last time we mentioned him today but drew Lo- romo was northwest league player of the week month last month for the month of april um led the league in average hits and total bases and was second in runs he was third in rbis and ops and fourth in slugging percentage uh just all the stuff that about drew romo's bat he is literally throwing up the middle finger to all those scouts and saying i do rake and i'm doing it as a switch hitter i'm doing it from the left side i'm doing it from the right side watch me do this and it's it needs to be talked more more about and we kind of get caught up in the Tobar season. Like, you know, the higher a triple a stuff kind of is where my brain is anyway, when it comes to it, but drew Romo catching prospects, the Rockies catching his prospects. Like we've never been this excited about somebody like this. It's cool. Very. And we miss like last week. Cause I think it was a day or two before we were recording that he got into the MLB.com top 100. I don't know who graduated to let that happen, but Drew Romo is now number 100 on MLB's top 100. Probably going to be like 99 or 98 in like a couple of days because there's a bunch of guys, you know, in the big leagues right now. Um, that's It's good to see him getting that, you know, mention, the attention, because everything we've heard about the guy is that he works his ass off. Uh, my favorite story was, I think we've mentioned this on the pod before, the Tom and starting story where, you know, he's mentioning that Drew Romo is like a lights out by nine o'clock kind of guy. And if you are, you know, making noise in the, in the hotel while they're on the road, you're going to get a call from like the front desk to shut up because Drew Romo is all business. And I, I respect that so much. Like you are doing this, you get one shot at it, you know, make the most of it. And that's exactly what he's doing. We've seen, you know, I think a next step from him as a hitter, like last year, he was a good hitter, but this year, you know, slugging percentage is way up. The batting average is about the same and he's doing it in a, in a pitcher league. That's, that's just crazy to me. So Drew Romo is the man and the speed, the sneaky speed. Like he stole, I think 25, 26 bases last year. I think he's on pace to, to do that again. We're talking about a catcher. So Keep doing your thing, Drew Romo. Yeah, I mean, he's he has two years of, of pro ball experience, but he worked his way up from 2021. He was 
number eight prospect for the Rockies, and now he's a number two. And nobody's really graduated from that list. So, I mean, he worked his way up because he earned it. it, it and it, it's light at the end of the tunnel for the catching prospects. Like, you see – you see the major league catching right now. Diaz isn't raking as much. Nunez is struggling tremendously. But we have a Drew Romo on the forefront. I mean, obviously, he has a few years, right? So keep going and doing this thing. Uh, it's just sweet. I, I am curious. You know, Rockies don't do switch hitting very much. Like him and Tolia are the two that come into mind that are still switch hitting. Um, I believe Tovar was said, hey, don't switch it. I think he was drafted as a switch hitter, and they told him no. Um, but Drew Romo is productive on both sides, which is pretty cool. As a right-handed batter, he has a 286 batting average. As a left-handed batter, he has a 387 batting average. Um, his slugging from the left side is above one. His slugging from the right-hand side, or his OPS, his OPS is above one. His OPS from the right-hand side is at 741. So he's doing it for both sides, which is cool. He has actually more RBIs from the left-hand side than the right in like a third and a half of the plate appearances so imagine he stays that way which is cool like having that extra versatility especially as a catcher you don't have to really worry you worry about that pitching matchup you just have to worry about getting him his his at bats and whatnot so drew romo sneaky good not sneaky like right right now we all know around him right Uh, yeah i think though from like the national perspective it's it's no longer even sneaky. Like he was kind of slept on a bit as a hitter. It's like ah, oh, this guy, you know, probably on the scouting scale, a forty-five hitter, a, like a guy with forty power. And it's like each of those grades has gone up at least like one tick. He's at least an average hitter at at a fifty grade, but probably a fifty-five. You know, the power everyone is realizing like, okay, this guy is gonna hit double digit to, you know, ten to twenty homers. Um, so no longer sneaky at all at any level, obviously for Rockies fans. And then, you know, on that national level. Yeah. It's cool seeing the prospects getting recognition. So Drew Romo, keep that out there. Uh, Let's get to some more serious talk. So it's going to be quick, brief, but I always found this interesting. So in spring training, it came to light uh, by Evan Drellick of the athletic that there was MILB has had a lawsuit against the major leagues about wages at spring training, major league, players MLB said it is the players that obtain the greater benefit from the training opportunities that they are afforded than the clubs who actually just incur the cost of having to provide that training during the training season the players are not employees and would not be subject to either a fair labor standards act or any state minimum wage act this is the mentality of major league all the teams like we don't have to pay the prospects as they come into spring training they're getting the training we don't have to pay them well eight years ago there was a lawsuit filed against Major League by a bunch of my former minor leaguers. Um, there's an update on that story, and there is a preliminary supplement on it. Don't know anything more than that. Um, we don't know how much the players were going to receive. Don't know if there's any other form of relief. But there is something in the play saying maybe the MLB did mess up. Um, so they are going to try to rectify that the best they can. So the trial was supposed to happen June 1st. Um, but right now the papers are hoping to be filed by July 11th and we'll have more details on that soon. But I just thought that was a really good update. Again, minor leaguers getting the recognition that they need, they get the housing, they get the pay bump, and now they can get paid for the month and a half that they spend in spring training. And I just think that's a good step in the right direction. 
where it goes from here, we'll see. But so far, the things that have happened have been good. So kind of hope this is something similar. Yeah, and we won't yeah dwell on this too much because the last time we were talking about this, I think we ended up spending 25 to 30 minutes. Like we were we were going very hard on, you know, the whole minor league pay issue. I just think the one thing I'll say is that it's crazy thinking about how most non, you know, serious baseball fans would just assume that minor leaguers are getting paid, you know, year round, that they're getting paid well. So reading about these cases is is very shocking always like that quote that you included in red say MLB thinking that they're giving the players more benefit and that they're not going to pay them because of that that's just crazy so hopefully yeah good things are to come yeah it's dumb it's very dumb all right better news so we're going to end it with biggest risers of the year and then some fan questions uh from the three that submitted them um, but let's start with start with biggest riders, risers. James, start us off. Who's your biggest riser so far this season, and why? Uh, well, mine is from Fresno, um, Adil or Adele Amador. I'm sorry, I don't know how to say his first name. Um, but he plays shortstop for the Grizzlies right now. He's um, somebody help me out. What's he ranked on the prospect list? Top thirty. I think 10 for major for MLB.com. I think they have him at 10. Yeah. He's, he's going to be much higher than that at the start of next year um, by about three or four spots, at least. I mean, just this last week alone, he, he had, um, let's see, he didn't have a whole lot of RBIs, but I mean, he had six total bases. Um, he's hitting, uh, he's hitting 275 in May. Uh, he hit 338 in April, um, so he's coming down just a little bit. But I mean, he's kind of doing it all right now uh, in Fresno from the shortstop position. Yeah, yeah and he can I, pick what, it too. What I think is is the craziest part is that he's walked 24 times and struck out just 18 times. So any time in the minor leagues, or just at any level for professional baseball, guys walking more than he's striking out, like that tells you that is a really good hitter. Uh, you know, especially when he's hitting for some power, he's got six homers, like you said, and he's hitting for average too. Like, dude, does it all? Yeah, he's he's at three sixteen for the year, um, but he's a Dominican um, uh, prospect, uh, which is obviously a powerhouse of of baseball talent. And he's only nineteen years old, so if he if he keeps keeps it up, there's no reason why he can't be inside the top five in the Rockies prospects starting next year, probably. Yeah, and I wouldn't rule out top 100 either. Just the way – if he keeps this pace, which it's going to be hard because of how good he is playing, but if he keeps this pace, I, I just find it hard to, you know, exclude him from a top 100 list. Similarly to Joe Rock, who was my biggest riser, you know, this guy has just been balling. Skipped low A, second-round pick last year, just sent straight to Spokane this year, and he's been dominating 2.45. ERA in six starts, 35 Ks in 33 innings. This stuff is big. Like this is a mid to high 90s lefty with a with a great slider and a changeup that could be really good too. Like this is this is a legit pitching prospect. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone saw him being quite this good in this difficult assignment. Like we saw Chris McMahon get this assignment last year, and you know McMahon wasn't bad, 
but he wasn't like Joe Rock levels of of production. So I think Rock, being that he's a lefty, you know, lefties get a little boost just for, you know, being left-handed. And he's got great stuff. I think he's another guy going to be like in MLB's top 125. Like if he does miss the top 100, like he's he's right there on their radar with how well he's pitching. Um, so between Amador and Rock, the Rockies have two guys who are really, really rocketing up prospect boards. Yeah, it's going to be really fun to watch Rock do it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be interested in how he does the second half. He's never pitched over 88 innings in a season like with his college time. So he's at 33 right now. So just that first wear and tear on the body for a full major league season. I'm curious as always of how that plays out, but his stuff is electric. His stuff is fantastic. And if we're putting him and McMahon and the guy I'm going to talk about and a few others, like in the projected starting rotation in three or four years, I think we're sitting pretty. Uh, There's a lot to look forward to. Do you see Joe Rock being a number one or number two starter at all? Or is he more that, of a three? Yeah, the one or two. I think that's just tough to project for you know anyone. I don't know if the Rockies have have a guy like that right now, but I think a, a three or four projection is pretty safe. But as a prospect, I think he's getting to that point where you might view him more highly than you did like Kyle Freeland and Antonio Senzatella. Not quite John Gray. John Gray was, you know, a top 50 prospect for a long time. But I think Joe Rock could, you know, certainly be a number three. That'd be a win. That, that would be just Big, fine. Yeah. My biggest guy is Carl Kaufman. I think the Rockies really like them a little Carl, uh, just because of how fast they promoted him. In his first professional season last year, he started in Spokane, again, for nine innings, and then went to Hartford, struggled mightily. But whatever he did, talked to a few guys, figured out his pitch stuff, and he is absolutely dominating AA Hartford. 312 ERA in six games started. Uh, only allowed 12 runs so far. Uh, 28 hits in the 34 innings. Um, wasn't really a big strikeout guy last year, but is this year. Has 44 Ks across those 34 innings. So like 1.3 Ks per inning. Uh, just wasn't really part of his game last year. So Again, he's figuring it out, and it's fantastic to see. The biggest thing for me, he in 20 games last year, he allowed 18 home runs. So far this year, he in six games, he's only allowed two. So that long ball is not happening as much. And, again, this is a guy that just, for whatever reason, he was uh, just sought at by, by the Rockies. Like, all right, let's just push him and see where he goes. Good, great college numbers. Probably did something with that. I mean, drafted in 2019, 77th overall. So he has the pedigree for it. And it looks like they're just challenging him to do that. So just with his bad year last year to where he is this year, it's really cool to see that Kim making those adjustments, finding himself as a pitcher and literally doing his thing. 1.1 whip in six games. It's incredible. It's fantastic. An interesting tidbit to kind of throw in there is you, I, when I, you know, thought of Carl Kaufman, I thought of like a command low, you know, not a power guy, but right. what's kind of crazy is last year, his slider sat in the, in the mid to high eighties, he touched 89 with his slider and he touched 88 with his changeup. So his fastball, you know, is, is sitting low nineties, but having a, a high 80 slider, which he, he gets some break on that thing. Like there is, there's some serious potential with his arsenal because 
you know, he brings the heat. Like, you know, might be, you know, 92 with the fastball, but then he's going to back it up with an 88-mile-an-hour slider. And that's going to be a tough read for hitters. Um, when you think about pitch tunneling, that if they look the same, like coming out of the hand and, and kind of like halfway to the plate, it's going to mess with hitters that one is going to be a hard slider and the other is going to be a two seam fastball. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of potential with Kaufman. Yeah. And his slider is, it is his swing and miss pitch. It's really fun to see when it's on. All right, let's end it. Fan questions. James, take this first one. Who do you think? So this is from Trev from Twitter. He loves us. Appreciate you, Trev. Um, he also asked another question, but we are not in the professional realm to answer that. So maybe our guest next week can answer that for you, Trev. Um, but who do you think gets a permanent call-up? And I say permanent, like I'm thinking he's asking for a major league, major league club. Um, yeah, so obviously Chris Bryant coming back soon kind of complicates things. Um, I'm assuming that when we're talking about who gets a permanent call-up, are we referring to the bench bats right now? As in Daza, Hilliard, Hampson, etc. Like I would imagine one of them would go. I, would, I, I, I took it as a call-up from AAA or double A. Well, uh, the person that's next on the list is Montero. I mean, that's who that's who the Rockies want to bring up at some point. And so, you know, Chris Bryant coming back, but nobody ever stays healthy throughout the entire year. So as soon as Chris Bryant comes back, I mean, the next injury is just right around the corner. Um, so it's it's always just that revolving door all year long for some guys. You know, Jordan Pacheco, when we talked to Jordan Pacheco, he talked about the struggles of <laughs> he'd be in Denver one day, have to go back um, to the Springs the next day. And he did that like 15 times in one year. Like that's, that's crazy. That's terrible. Yeah, that's crazy. And that mentally has got to um, – you know, force you to, to, you know, contemplate your sanity, but that's the reality for some guys and it's every single year. And so, you know, who's going to be those guys for the Rockies this year, it's typically going to be some reliever and, and some, some bench bat and Montero was up for what one day, one day, got a hit. Won the yeah, trade. He came in um, in the middle of a game got two hits the next day and then got sent out the door. Um, so that's just going to continue to happen throughout the year. And that's just the reality of it. Yeah. I think if, if there's going to be a permanent call up, it would have to be in the bullpen, but even then the bullpen is just inherently going to be that revolving door. Like you might pitch five games in two weeks and it's like, all right, well, let's get a fresh arm. Um, since you're young, in experience, we can send you back down. Kind of saw that with Justin Lawrence. You know, he, he certainly pitched well enough to stay with the big league club, but I think they wanted him to work on some things, and he had racked up a lot of innings with the big league club. Um, but, you know, as we talked about earlier with Chad Smith and Jake Bird, I think those are two guys, you know, neither are on the 40-man right now, but I think those are two guys who, if they get their shot, and Chad Smith already has gotten a little bit of MLB experience, but, you know, you want to you want to be on a roll when you get that kind of, uh, that opportunity. So I think if, if Smith or bird gets an opportunity, they might push that permanent boundary and just be like, you know, a guy that has to stay. Yeah. The bullpen is the easiest way 
the easiest way for anybody to, to get sent out the door if they're not performing or to solidify a spot um, if they're doing well consistently. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. That's definitely going to be an arm barn person that, that probably gets that permanent call up. And, and I do like the Chad Smith bird call there. Yeah. I mean, you'd imagine Justin Lawrence comes back too. Yeah. Soon. I wonder if he'd be next, but when are they going to cut bait on Colome or Carlos? Like Colome, I hate watching him pitch. No, no offense to Colome. I know you're listening. Well, he's a, he's a one dimensional pitcher and it's you know, terrible. It's only worked out really for a couple guys, Mariano Rivera being the obvious choice because he only really had the one pitch. I mean, he had a couple other that he used, but I mean, everybody knew the cutter's coming, but you still can't hit it. And Colome, you know, the cutter's coming, but you know, you can hit it. So, (laughs) you know, you're one dimensional like that, but you're not, you're not elite with it. Um, You know, your, your days are numbered and, being in the Rockies bullpen is not a is not a good way to try to salvage your career. No, it's not. Yeah, the two point three two WHIP is just blast me like in the, on the screen right now. It's just terrible. And then knowing how long it takes him to pitch that two point three two WHIP like gets me even more upset. And then I love me a little Carlos Estevez, but is it time to stop the loyalty? I don't know. I think we're kind of getting there, like, unless he can rein in his command, because right now he's just throwing, you know, his usual 96 to 98, but he doesn't know where it's going. And his fastball doesn't have a whole lot of life on it most of the time. So it's like if if a guy's sitting on a fastball and he mislocates it, it's getting hit really hard. And that's what's happened so far. I'll give you a really good example. When the Rockies were in Arizona. Yeah. uh, in Arizona in a tight game, uh, Carlos came in, catcher wanted it down and away to Varsho, and he missed high and in, in the zone. And Varsho, I don't think it's land. I don't think the ball's landed yet. So, you know, Estevez was sexy because he threw really hard, but in today's game, throwing hard isn't good enough. You have to execute location and, to me, movement and location is so much more important than being able to throw hard right now because everybody has that 100-mile-an-hour fastball time. You know, the timing's there. It's no longer going to, you know, catch guys by surprise. Right, exactly. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Knowing Bud Black, he'll still keep calling on those yep. guys. Yeah, Which, <laughs> it's frustrating. Like, I don't know. I mean, who can you depend on, really? I mean, Barge just blew a save. First uh, one heart, of what, 12 one. innings, 13 yeah, games, his first blown save. It was, yeah, it was I mean, his I'm second, not, not to be all technical, but yeah. He, otherwise, though, he he had been uh, – outside of those two blown saves, he has looked like a really, really good reliever. It's just sometimes he comes out of the pen and he doesn't have feel for his pitches, like, and he just gets behind, like, the first two guys. So, yeah, him so and Ken Lee, okay. who, can you, who can you lean on? I mean, Kenley's been pretty good. Yeah, 13 innings, four runs, um, 13 strikeouts, 1.05 whip. Kenley's not been terrible. Tyler Kenley, your president. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, beyond that, there's really not a lot to it's be tough. excited for. Yeah. Like Justin, like, Justin Lawrence know, was the best, next best option. They sent him down. Yeah, you need more than two guys if you're going to have a, <laughs> a playoff yeah. seat. 
You need maybe three, maybe. No, you need yeah. like six guys, and and they've got to get some shuffling to figure out, you know, who three and four can be. So the arm bar continues to do chaos for Rockies fans. It's terrible. Um, second question: Which minor leaguer player? Which minor league players deserve a call up? This is from Rockies Roundup, who has a fantastic Instagram page. Yeah. So go follow her pro page on there. Um, and I I took this as a call up from like affiliate to affiliate, not to the big league club. So like, who who are we looking at that would probably get that call up? Pitcher, position player, whoever. Well, I think we kind of outlined a guy at, you know, in Fresno and Spokane and then in Hartford and there's other guys too, but, you know, we kind of have spent some time talking about AAA call-ups just to kick it off a Fresno call-up. I think warming Bernabelle is probably the front runner right now. It's hard to pick a starter because Spokane has a pretty deep group of starters. Um, You can always kind of make room for a bat and Bernabelle, this is his second take at Fresno. Obviously he's got the hang of it. He's doing everything really well. He's working counts, you know, heading for power, not you know swinging and missing very much. So I think warming Bernabelle's a guy who should be in Spokane in the next month or two, the sooner the better. But I think Bernabelle from, from Fresno is, is a guy. Yeah, I, I'm looking. I don't know. Like Tovar, obviously, would be the next jump. I think for me it would be to the AAA. But then – that's a hodgepodge of names, but you definitely give Tovar the nod over like a holder or a Lopes or even a, a friend of yeah. the pod Coco. Like they're like, he would be that guy. I think he would be next in line there. I wouldn't be surprised if they called up Tolia also. I mean, let's get you out of here. Let's start challenging a little bit more. I mean, you could name a few players, a few starting pitchers on the, and the yard goats that could possibly get a call up because the Albuquerque rotation is still hit or miss every, every day. Like if you're calling up Joe rock, then Carl Kaufman goes up that type of thing, kind of a alternate alternating move. And then um, I think two other guys, we mentioned Will Etheridge at the, you know, in this pod, I think since he's been in the organization for a while, I think he's a candidate to go to Hartford, but more kind of high on my radar is Mike Ruff from Spokane. He's got 34 Ks and just two walks on the year. Uh, he's given up 10 runs in 29.2 innings, which is not like elite, but it still is like a three flat ERA. His stuff is obviously really good. He's 24. So it's like, he's, he's appropriately aged and skilled for double A. So I think Mike Ruff is, is another one. Right. Yeah. You got to take those ages into yeah. consideration. I mean, Kind of like to what James was saying about Adil Amador. Like, why not call him up to Spokane too? But I think you warming, boiling, Bernabel gets that first nod, the big first like call up. Because I mean, Max George got called up to AAA because Carlos Perez got was put on the injured list. Did you know that, James? Your boy Carlos is on the injured list. I didn't know that. I've I've been out of the loop for a week. I'm sorry. Week. Okay. I saw it happen live. It was sad. He pulled his hammy. I think he was stretching a double and pulled his hammy running into second base. So that's why I only hit dingers. <laughs> this is why you don't play anymore. You don't want to train your yard. <laughs> and you have to run. Um, yeah. And they called up uh, Tyler Hill, who we've had contact with. Um, I mean, kind of out of nowhere, ACL to 
Albuquerque to kind of fill in some spots. Uh, Tyler Hill is going to be an interesting guy. Uh, kind of kind of curious to see how he does. Um, yeah, I don't know if we actually answered your question beyond Warming, Boiling, Bernabel being really that next guy, but there's so many question marks and just watching it play out is going to be interesting. For me, Last, the league level is Montero. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean that's obvious. Be. My concern is is at what point is Montero going to start getting bored with AAA? Because if you look at <laughs> if you look at O'Neill Cruz, shortstop for the Pirates, um, obviously major league ready. But if you watch him play in the minors, he is so bored and unamused at this point that they're just hindering his development. And so I'm not worried about that at this moment, but I could see it developing later in the season if if room isn't made to, to accommodate somebody like Eloise. Especially after he's already had a taste of it, right? Like, it's it's so good. I want to go back there. Don't keep me here. It, that, is, yeah. that is interesting. I watched O'Neill Cruz hit a 450 foot bomb and he hated every second of it. It was weird. Man. It was, it was really strange. Imagine being that good, but that mad. Why did, why isn't he up? Nobody knows. And obviously he doesn't, and he's really frustrated. Oh, so that'd be I, so annoying. You know, I don't know if there's one organization that's kind of run just as poorly as the Rockies. Sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but it's the Pirates. It's definitely arguably the up there being just as bad. And there's a whole other article that we haven't been able to read, but Denver Post dropped a um, article about Surly Montford being the head of scouting director. Uh, I would love to read that, but we'll nepotism get to... in sports, baby, gotta love it. <laughs> nepotism everywhere. We've we covered that. We're done. Last one. Um, we'll end it with this. From Rockies MILB report on the Instagram, in-depth analysis of Gabriel Gill. When I read this, I was like, okay, we'll look into it. And then I was like, who the fuck is this guy? I never heard of him. I didn't know about him. Um, maybe this is just Rockies MILB report, like keeping us on our toes because he does kind of what we do, but a little bit better, like on the Instagram anyway. And so maybe this is just him calling us out. I don't know. But <laughs> From what I found, Tyler, you can add on to this for sure. I saw that he was a 21-year-old Venezuelan, uh, third year in the DSL, uh, has just a career OPS of a 603. Um, I want to emphasize the 21-year-old part in the DSL still. Uh, just hasn't been, I don't know, just leave it at that. Can play first base a little bit, mostly catcher. Um, again, I that's my in-depth analysis. Rockies MILB report. That's all I got. Um, Gabriel well, I know Gill. that name because he came over in the Nato trade, right? No, that's Mateo, sir. That's Mateo okay. Gill. Okay. Yeah. Not not that not the same Gill. So, and I don't think it's any relation to Benji Benji Gill. Was it Benji Gill? No. I think so. Yeah. That's okay. Mateo's dad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with Gill, I mean, the, his play discipline looks pretty good. And from the DSL last year, he walked 13.5% of the time. But, you know, don't really see much power production. You know, he's not trying to steal bases. And a lot of guys in the DSL try to steal bases. Um, maybe we'll get, like, a look at him in, in the Arizona Complex League. Maybe even in Fresno if, if a guy like Hunter Goodman gets pushed up. But he's pretty buried in the catching depth chart for the Rockies right now. I mean, they have three guys at every affiliate that catch. And – Gabriel Gill is not one of them. So uh, we'll see what happens with him this summer. Uh, 
it's it's a pretty you know vague open um kind of decision that the rockies are going to be making yeah that that was a good name to drop on us rockies milb report uh again does really cool things on instagram uh like his if you like prospects up go check him out i that's all i got guys it was another week another down there's still some things to be excited about as always um but not as much this week minus the two player of the weeks and stuff hopefully yeah i don't know i got nothing we do have a special guest on next week we'll see how that plays out uh just gonna keep be a surprise we are in talks to we're gonna have a banter session coming up with one of the guys that we talked about today which will be electric because he's electric maybe a spoiler alert there um oh and the other thing we're gonna do like a mini slow not, not slow but like a small broadcast type thing with a friend of the pod, Nate Harris, who does his bullpen talk pod thing. So basically what we're going to do, Tyler James is kind of new to you a little bit, but if you want to join us, me and Nate are going to do like a Twitter space and watch like the Hartford Yard Goats game a little bit. And for like 30 minutes, just kind of talk. The idea with that is getting a player insight, a minor league player, former minor league players insight on the game a little bit different like i love what doyle and cavello do as the hartford yard goats i like like i love our announcers but we don't have that that former player kind of thing like kind of what the youtube does with yonder alonso i actually like that when i was listening to it so i'm thinking that we'll just see how it plays out obviously we can't show you the game but if you want to watch the game with us and listen to our and talking over it like 30 45 minutes it's Nate Harris, so it might go a little bit longer. He, he loves to talk, which is fantastic. But that's going to be coming up in the next few weeks, a little bit after Memorial Day. Uh, we're still trying to figure out the schedule, what that might look like. Um, but, yeah, keep an eye out on that. I'm really excited about that. I really am. I know you don't hear my voice, but that is there. Uh, and just the fact that we have banter sessions coming up, doing this, still having fun watching the affiliates do their thing. So, Anything you want to add, James? Yeah, um, real quick. Kyle Schorber, over, under, 10 games started at catcher in the major leagues. Under. Uh, I think, yeah, under. I would put over the, 15. He had 15? He started 15 games in 2015 for the Cubbies. Okay. Um, only 10 of which were complete games. So he started there, but got switched out at some point in a third of them. So I don't know. But anyway. Hunter Goodman is our Carl Schwarber. Yeah, thanks for tying it back to that. Yeah, and then, I'm, I'm down with that. Also, I, you know, viewers keep uh, an eye out just and an ear out for the draft coming up. Uh, you know, we're less than two months out. That whole, all the discourse on that's really going to heat up. You're going to see 40 names mocked the Rockies between now and then. We're going to try to get a lot of content out on that front. We've got Nick, who, who works with us. He has a great eye for college baseball. So we'll be getting some, some draft content out. Hope you soak that up, get ready for 20 or no, it's going to be 21 picks in July. Yeah. He's going to drop an article later this week or early next week. So yeah, that's a nice little plug. All right. Go rocks. Minor league affiliates. Woo! Thank you for watching and listening. Please check out our link tree for more content.